Hello, welcome to the Better Strangers podcast for Friday, March 31st, 2023. I am Matt Hirschberger, the uh, main writer and the publisher of Better Strangers. Um, Better Strangers, if you're new to it, is a publication that faces bleak times with hope, curiosity, and imagination. Um, so today I'm doing, uh, today is actually the trans day of visibility. Uh, so I thought that made for a good time to talk about like, you know, masculinity and things like that. I am not trans. I, I am a cisgendered straight man. Uh, I, I am the embodiment of the patriarchy, but, uh, over the course of my life, I've tried to become more and more of an ally and, uh, I obviously can't speak for trans issues or anything. I do have, um, not super close friends that are trans, but plenty of close friends that, that are um, in the LGBTQ community. And so most of what I know has been learned from them or from like reading. So um, I would say that this has been something I've been kind of growing into um, and uh, especially growing up in a uh, conservative kind of household and neighborhood and town in the 1990s, it's been something that I've tried to get more and more of an understanding of. Um, so instead of talking about like trans issues, which obviously are huge considering what's happening in the U.S. right now, um, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about grappling with masculinity as a just a father and a husband, um, and kind of trying to deprogram some of the stuff that, uh, you know, came up for me, like in, you know, my marriage and, and, you know, that was from my childhood and then not only deprogramming, but also trying to, you know, build up a new vision of what like masculinity looks like for me, uh, which, you know, this is not to say that it's, it's, harder for me than it is for anyone else, but something that I've noticed, you know, especially for like, you know, my wife being like a a woman who's a feminist is that there's this, there's a ton of templates for being kind of an empowered woman. I don't think that there are as many templates for being a, a good man in, in the sense of being like allied and feminist and not having all that toxic masculinity. It's starting to become, more and more a part of the culture. I think specifically thanks to shows like Ted Lasso and, um, I'll talk a little bit about Bluey in a bit, but you know, um, it, it, it's something that's starting to get more and more into the culture. Uh, but it's been something that I've had a little bit of anxiety about because most of what I've had is just sort of negative things like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Not so much sort of positive visions of what being, you know, kind of a, a, a feminist father while still basically being, you know, not any of, you know, I'm not on the margins at all. So it's like, you know, if you're the person with all the power, how do you behave in a way that lifts other people up and, you know, still, you know, kind of moves yourself forward through life without you just, you know, kind of hating all of the different parts of your identity, which is, you know, like they talk about white guilt a lot. Uh, you know, there's definitely, I think if you're, if you're a, a man who's trying to to be a bit more feminist like that that there's male guilt or masculine guilt um and i would say especially for the race i mean you know like i grew up in conservative cincinnati so there's definitely fucked up race stuff from my earlier life but um i would say that misogyny was a much bigger part of my kind of like uh teenage years um and so that's been something that I've had to to kind of deprogram a lot more. 
um, you know, and so, you know, just to kind of get into it, like, you know, the thing that, the thing that was hard growing up, uh, in, in a place like that is, you know, especially was for men, uh, was like in high school and stuff. The only thing that it was actually acceptable to really talk about for the most part was sports. Like it would be a thing where I would walk in in the morning and there would just be all of these guys just standing around the locker and just going through and basically repeating what was said on sports center. And it, you know, it became a thing where they would watch it in the morning and at night, they would watch it before school. And I tried doing it like once and I was like, Oh, I hate sports center. I don't want to do this at all. And you know, that was kind of the only language through which men could like confidently express themselves and kind of interact with each other. You know, I eventually developed friendships with, um, a few guys who are still very close friends, which wasn't around sports, but was more around things like um, music and movies and uh, just all the, you know, kind of the dumb shit that we were into. You know, it was all like, you know, let's go watch a Tarantino movie, you know, stuff like that. Um, and so that was something I was able to build up over time. But, you know, it was very much like, you know, as far as the masculine thing, it was you had to be into sports. And so for a long time, I thought I hated sports just because of that. Um, and then the other side of that was, you know, this deep, deep fear of being called gay, which was, you know, the homophobia was insane in the 90s. Um, I, my guess is that was that was to some extent everywhere. I know it was particularly bad in in Cincinnati. And I know that, like, I remember, you know, using the F word on a regular basis as like just kind of an insult for people you just didn't like. Um and also being like terrified of being called that, you know, what was tricky for me was that like, you know, I had kind of a stereotypically masculine dad. He was like a sports star in high school and he was good at like outdoor stuff and he was able to like build things and fix stuff. And I was this kind of like bookish kid who liked music and, you know, movies and got really, you know, loud about like political stuff and you know and I was just it was just weirder than than you know the other men in my family were and they're you know so for me like a lot of what I spent you know those years trying to do was trying to conform to what I thought that sort of like idea of what a what an actual masculine man does and what this meant is that instead of actually pursuing my interests in like my teenage years I just did sports I just tried to you know I hated them I hated every second of them but it was like well this is what this is like my birthright as a man in this family. And so like, this is what I should be doing. And, you know, so I hated that. I was insecure about that. And so it became a thing like, you know, what does this say about me with, um, you know, what does this say about my masculinity? Like, am I a man in that sense? And it, and it, it's the type of thing where when you start really circling that in your head, um, you, you start to get really, you know, you get really in your head about it and you get also, um, really, really poisonous ideas about what relationships with women are because another part of that kind of like conservative culture is that you just don't talk about things like sex and relationships, uh, with, um, with like the adult, the adult men in our lives gave us nothing on that. Like it was like, I think we got like a, the talk thing, but otherwise it wasn't, you know, there wasn't kind of an ongoing discussion about like respect and, you know, how to go about dating. And it was always that sex was bad. And, uh, I wrote a little bit about this earlier in the week and about how like, you know, I think that, you know, we had all of this like violent stuff was elevated as being like glorious, but sex was like evil. And that, that became a really difficult thing to 
you know, you kind of have all of this pent up energy and it comes out somewhere. And so it's not surprising to me that a lot of the guys from that culture turned out, you know, to have sort of like violent attitudes towards sex because we weren't getting good information. So the places we were getting information were from an early days internet where um, there would be all sorts of like misogynist, like pickup artists, you know, that when it wasn't known as pickup artists back then, it was just like, oh, how do you get girls? Uh, well, no one's telling me. So, you know, you go online and some bro on an early blog is saying like, yeah, just be mean to them. They love it when you're mean to them. And then, I don't know if you guys remember this. There was a thing called donkey punching was something they talked about in sex where it was like it was like a sex move where you just punched a girl during. And that was a thing that was thought of like, oh, yeah, that's the thing you do. And it was like kind of a joke, but we weren't sure. Like we'd never had sex before. We didn't know what the fuck this shit was. And so all of the information we were getting is just pure garbage. And it was, you know, genuinely poisonous. And, you know, so that kind of like silence around those sorts of things, like really starts to, you know, seep into your brain and to where my early dating life was something where it was basically me resenting women. And I kind of lucked out with the people I had around me that I didn't turn to a really dark place with that stuff. Like I, you know, I had a few things going. I had women that I respected who would call me out when things happened. Um, as I got older, like I started to get more, um, LGBTQ friends who would be patient with me and kind of like would, would explain stuff. And then also my, my wife is a feminist and, you know, uh, by that point I, I learned a lot, but like, you know, she could also like kind of be patient with me with, you know, uh, sort of squashing that shit out. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think that, you know, there was a lot of in like, you know, my teens and twenties, there was a lot of really poisonous stuff that was dumped in and then a lot of like kind of deconstructing that. And one of the things that happens when you deconstruct like, um, stuff from your childhood is that you, you can tear it all down and then you kind of look around and you're like, okay, there's nothing here. Like, you know, I just have stuff not to do. I don't have stuff to do necessarily. And so a big part of my 30s has been trying to build up a new idea of what, you know, like masculinity is for me. And so like, you know, a big part of that is in therapy. I've done a ton on like emotional regulation because one of the things with kind of a conservative male culture is the only emotion you're allowed to have is anger. Like there's no space for, you know, being sad or being vulnerable or letting stuff out. And yeah, I met... um I met up, we met up with some friends. Most of my friends tend to be women, but like, I still, I still don't like, I'm still not vulnerable with people all that much. And I was hanging out with um, my wife and one of our friends who's, who is a woman this weekend. And, and they were talking about how like, they'll just text each other if they're feeling sad or if they're or just check in, like, are you feeling okay? And that's not something that ever happens in my world. Like I've got a few close friends. I'm lucky that I have like three, three or four very close friends who I can talk about hard stuff with. But like, even then it's still, you're only occasionally vulnerable and you always, there are some men who, if you do that with, will immediately try to joke their way out of it. Or they'll make like, they'll make like kind of a, they'll get uncomfortable with it and they'll, they'll make a comment and then you're like, oh, okay, I can't do this. Um, and so it's, it's definitely something that is, it's hard to do. And because there's less of a culture around it, it's, it feels dangerous. And one of the things that like, you know, I've noticed with like my wife is just like, they kind of have all of that stuff 
built in to like the community of women. They just kind of support each other all the time. And they're always, they're always like, you know, they check in, they take care of each other. And, you know, so my, my wife is like constantly texting friends and just like, Hey, how you doing? What's going on? Anything, you know? And so she's all up to date and what's going on in her friends' lives. And me and my guy friends, like we, we're aware of what's going on with like our closest friends, but like, you know, other guys, like it's not something that everyone's, anyone is super interested or comfortable in sharing. Um, and you know, it, it got to a point where I, at some point I was like, do I fall into anything that would fall under LGBTQ? Because I need, I'd seen people who would like come out and they'd have a community to support them. And I was like, it would be great if I could figure out if I do fall under any of these umbrellas, because my, you know, my version of masculinity was never typical masculinity. And and I kind of like, as I looked more into it and looked into like, you know, um, uh, um, like sort of like genderqueer stuff or like, you know, uh, uh, or I don't know the, the exact right words off the top of my head, but like looking into those sorts of things, like, all right, am I maybe not the, you know, this, this level of like masculine, could I like, you know, switch? And I was just like, no, I don't think I am. I just think I'm, I think I am what I am. And I think that that is a, that is a, I'm a cisgendered straight man, um, you know, by and large. And so I couldn't, I couldn't fit into one of those other communities. And so you kind of don't have that. You're just kind of stuck with other straight men who haven't necessarily done, you know, like on a large scale, haven't sort of done the work that you need to do in, in order to, you know, to like, to be vulnerable with people and to start building a community where you support each other and you talk about difficult things. And like, I had a few conversations with, with guys around like the me too movement, which were, you know, where you're kind of like, did we, what did we do back then that sucked and that would, would kind of fall under this, this, you know, it was like, you know, cause you, you know, you hear the not all men stuff and you're pretty sure like, I don't know, like, I'm pretty sure I fucking sucked with women at some point. And, you know, like, even if you didn't do anything that was, at what a lot of what was being talked about, like, you know, I know that there were times that I was, I was like weird or creepy with women and that stuff, you kind of need to get past all of that stuff to even be able to like talk about this with guys like, you know, the vulnerability, there's just so much back there that's just backed up that, you know, like as I'm kind of like, you know, as of now I'm working through kind of like a working out of like a depressive episode and you, you, you know, when you kind of, for me, depression, like kind of like turned off a lot of my emotions and things like that. And so turning them back on means dealing with just like this enormous, like well of sadness that is kind of at the base. Uh, Cause for me, one of the nice things about depression wasn't that I was just feeling sad. It was just that I didn't feel anything. And so I, I think that that's the case with a lot of guys. I think a lot of guys are super depressed. I think that they are, they've got a lifetime of emotions that have never been like kind of dealt with or worked through. And I don't think that there is much of a template for like the type of community that, that they could build out of that. And I, you know, thank God again for like Ted Lasso. And I've talked about before, like with parenting, how much I relied on the dog dad from Bluey. Um, you know, the, the, because that dad is, you know, able to keep his cool in stressful kid situations. He plays with them all the time. He yes. ands their them being silly and he's able to like kind of help them work through difficult emotions. There's a lot of emotional regulation and stuff in there. And, you know, that's been something that as a dad, 
I have like worried about. And when my, when, you know, when I found out I was having a son, I was terrified. I was like, Oh Christ, I'm going to fuck this up. Cause I didn't know how to be, I didn't know what type of man I was. I didn't know the way I could kind of like put together my identity and around like, you know, any idea of masculinity or, or whatever. And so I was terrified that like, you know, I was going to just botch it with my son. And now I have my, my son's, you know, several years old and, uh, I kind of have realized, like, actually, he's going to be just fucking fine. Like, I just need to get out of his way. Like, he's a force of nature. And I just need to not try and put him in a box, but let him kind of figure out who he is and help guide him as much as I can on, you know, the tricky stuff. Um, And that really what I need to do if I don't want to fuck it up with him is work on myself. Um, You know, so these are all these are all kind of things that I think that I'm I'm, I'm talking. I don't really want to talk about this on here, um, but like I don't hear being talked about all that much. And I I know that there I know that we're starting to get there where we've realized that feminism can take it so far. But if men don't change, too, it doesn't it doesn't actually mean all that much. And, you know. This isn't this isn't like a now that I have a daughter thing like because I've you know I always had I had sisters growing up like I've you know I, I've always been more comfortable around women so like the idea that men and women are you know not equal isn't the, you know but like you know that that one shouldn't get be you know held above the other or have more power than the other um, that's never been like a controversial thing in my brain but the mechanism for doing it hasn't been clear. And I think that a lot of, like, what my 30s has been, has been trying to, you know, deal with some of the guilt that comes with the fact that, like, you know, I remember, you know, me and my dad arguing with my sisters that, you know, it should be okay to call, like, gay people freaks. And I wanted to sound cool in front of my dad, so I just went with what he was saying and, you know, and, you know, kind of dealing with, like, shame around those sorts of things and trying to, you know, trying to figure out, like, first of all, like, you know, what, to what extent do I hold on to that as something that I did and to what extent do I let it go and then what is, what is the thing that I'm changing towards so that I'm not just trying not to be a certain type of person, but I am trying to, trying to be a specific type of person, um, you know, I think that given the way that so many people are treating trans issues and like, and, and, you know, and the way that, you know, it seemed like for a few years, like we'd gotten past the, the homophobia of like the nineties and we were kind of like pulling out and now it's just a full blown onslaught. And I think that, you know, the, the, the far right found, an easy marginalized target in trans people because people are starting to get tired of hearing people knock immigrants and, you know, and, and black people and, you know, and women. And, you know, so now it's, this is the easy target that they can use to kind of like unify their awful base around. But I think that it can't just be sort of standing up against that, which obviously we need to do. And we need to be able to say like, you know, anti-trans stuff is atrocious in the same way that homophobia is atrocious. And it doesn't matter if the person saying it wrote our favorite book. It's not, it's not, it's not fucking okay. Um, but I think that a lot of it, I think on top of that, we, we, we actually need to figure out how to, how to be decent men. 
And that involves having some level of emotional health and some understanding of what a non-toxic version of masculinity is. Because I don't think that it, you know, or maybe it doesn't need to be masculine. Maybe it doesn't need, you know, maybe that's not even a useful way of defining yourself. Um, I genuinely don't know. Um, and this has been a thing that I've tried to like work with. And I think I've been working with it kind of on my own and in the dark and not necessarily speaking to other men about it. And I think that's probably not the way to do it. So yeah, um, if you have had to deal with this stuff and if you, you know, are a guy who doesn't want to be, you know, the, the shitty toxic version of, of a man and, uh, that's a thing you've worked on, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments. I'll open it to the whole public for, uh, for this article. I've been doing it just for paid subscribers, but there's only like 10 of them and <laughs> they're not super commenty. So, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear thoughts on this. Also, it don't have to be a man. Um, you know, I could, I'd love to hear takes on, on things or resources or strategies that people have used to try and, um, maybe be less shitty straight white dudes. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to be a white dude. You don't have to be straight. I don't, I'm not, I'm not putting limits on it. I'd love to hear thoughts. Um, I think that's all I'm going to do for this week. I, I tried to put this one off as long as I could because I had a bit of a head cold and I don't know if you can hear it, but uh, it doesn't sound as good on the mic. So um, yeah, I'll try and have these out actually on time in the weeks going forward. Um, and yeah, thank you for your time and I will talk to you guys next week.